Blog Talk Radio. Some things we're going to be talking about. 
just in case you want to go and do a little homework on your own. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, with all that being said, you know, it, it's a great, great thing, and I, I'm ready to get it started. But before we bring, uh, bring um, the co-host in, y'all want to hear the song of the day first? Huh? I'll tell you what, we're going to bring the song of the day in before we bring P. P. Ross in. That way, when we bring her in, we can get started on the show, huh? All right, that sounds like a plan. All right, y'all, without further ado, here's your song of the day. T.I. and Jamie Foxx, Live in the Sky. Y'all enjoy it, man. This is a nice groove. All right. I ain't going to let this go. Yes, you are. You know what? Ain't worth it. Can live, baby. Big Phil, this for you, Pimpin'. What's happening, man? We miss you, Shout. Hey. This TIP, hey. you know. Hey. I like to dedicate this on to anybody who done ever lost somebody. To the grave, hey. to the streets, hey. to the jail hey. cell. I'd have been in a situation where I had to cope with all three, you know what I'm saying? I feel like the only thing I ain't done yet is die, you know? <laughs> but it ain't how I live while I'm here. It's how I live when I leave, you dig? Life's ups and downs. They come and go. But when I die, I hope I live in the sky. All my folks who ain't alive, hope they live in the sky. Pray to God when I die, that I live in the sky. Struggling over a gun Give a damn what he done It's my heart Need my foe Lord shout at the death Regardless No joke I can feel my eyes Feeling the Lord Is my witness If I catch him I'm a couple of my maid In my business Back in the day You stayed in my business Taught me I ain't Have to incorporate Yay in my business Coincidentally That's why today You're not with me My cousin died Over some yay And I miss him Plus he had his family out Let's say she the eyewitness But a boyfriend did the shooting just gave a light sentence I heard that and now I'm dressed up in all black The whole apartment still ain't brought back The best friend I had in Tramiel, I lost that Guess your death was a lesson in life It's all me that Never could apologize. Yeah, that's why they say that. 
Yeah, I think I'm gonna make somebody mad my comments on that one. But uh we're gonna be good right now. So, are you ready, P. Ross? You ready with the quarter of the day? Because you know we got these. Yeah, all right, because you know we got to give you your we got to give you your sound. Yeah. All right, here's P. Ross with the quote of the day. All right, the quote of the day is: "Courage is the most all virtues." Because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, say that again a little bit slower. I, I, I think, I, I, yeah, I think they need to hear that one more again. Give it to them one more again. Courage is the most important of all virtues. Because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. And that is by the mm. uh, luxurious, phenomenal woman herself, Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou. Angelou. Maya Angelou. Whoever. <laughs> anyway. Angelou, Angelou, whatever. I know, however you want to say it. You know, she was a great poet and, and literary individual. You know, she had a lot of wisdom, a lot of wisdom. But anyway, courage is the most important of all virtues. You know, and that first word right there says a whole lot, courage. You know, courage. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that that is the quote of the day because, you know, the, the topic of the day is are we doing enough? But in order to do enough, to either attempt to do enough, you got to have a little courage to go with it. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah, think about it. Think about it. If you don't have that little bit of courage, you you never get started. And as soon as you hit that first bump, you are gonna say, "Oh, forget this, man. You I gotta home. go somewhere else." Yeah, yeah you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's why I, I love this quote right here because it's on point. It really is. You know, courage is most important of all virtues because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. All right, consistently. Yes. You know, constantly, yes. all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's right. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you and, know, and, yeah. No, you go ahead. No. Anyway, yeah. go for case, it. In case, in case, in case anybody didn't know what a virtue was, you know, it's, it's, it's any behavior that shows high moral standards. And 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 mm. you know when we talk about and we talk about integrity, we talk about dignity, we talking about honor, respectability. You know, those are the things we talking about: purity, decency. You know, the normal things mm. that you know you you expect people to be. So those are the virtues we talking about, and 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 it does take courage in order to maintain those even within yourself, because it'd be a lot of times you'd be like, man, it, I mean. This too much. I ain't doing this. You know, playing this nice guy mm-hmm. role, you know, hey, that's just too much. I'm not doing this because people take advantage of you. It takes courage to stand there. It takes courage to allow people to think any way of you and you not retaliate at them in a way that does not compromise your integrity. Let my grandma say, you can be nice nasty with cats. <laughs> you and your nice man Yeah, that's what she meant You know, you tell somebody off But you don't compromise your beliefs You don't compromise who you are 
But that's right. Let, that's right. But you let them know where you stand. It take courage to do that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Not only do that, but to stay on it, to continue to do it. You know. Yes. And and that is one of the more important things that you need to do. But that's the quote of the day, y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed it and our little explanation. Uh, if y'all want to, you know, read more about my Angelo, it's on YouTube. It's on um, <laughs> it's on the internet. I could tell you a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm not going to do that. All right? But she she has some great work out there, and um, y'all need to check it out. Okay? Anyway, back to what we're talking about here on the show today. Are we doing enough? Are we doing enough? Mm-mm-mm. Man, I tell you, I tell you, are we doing enough? Now, I know that's a general, general type of um, statement right there, but it has to be. Because in that statement alone, there's so much that is covered. Y'all, y'all just don't know. There's so much. Are we doing enough? Huh? Are we doing enough to understand each other? You know, I think that's one of the biggest issues we have right now. We have a hard time understanding each other. Um, are we doing enough to protect each other? You know, we just had that big shooting out in um, Las Vegas. Could that have been prevented? Is there any gun laws that could have helped that? Or... Are we just sitting ducks to anybody who wants to do it? Well, we get to that. You know, and what is doing enough? Or better yet, doing anything. You know, are we doing anything, anything, anything to help other humans? You know, I know a lot of people want to break it down to ethnicity or, or as you say, race, you know, which I try not to say because race has a totally different meaning and, and definition than ethnicity, uh, ethnic, you know, so I say ethnicity myself. But anyway, um, are we doing anything to help our fellow humans? Because no matter what color you think you are, the bottom line is you're a human being. You, I mean, you are. We all bleed red. Well, hopefully most of us. Now, I know some of y'all out there probably bleed a little green, but that, that's between you and your, your alien friends out there. Uh, but most of us bleed red. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's all I can say. And um, the question is, are, what are, are we doing to help? You know, what are we doing? Um, are we doing enough? Are we doing enough? Um, so that's the question you can you can ponder on today. And I challenge you to ask some of your friends that. Ask them that question: Are we doing enough? And see what their their response is. I think you'll be quite surprised. Many of them say. The first thing they're going to say, doing enough what? I guarantee that's going to be the first thing they ask. Now, if they don't, well, then I'd be surprised. But I guarantee, are we doing enough what? Because that's just human nature. You're going to ask them, what? What am, I, what am I supposed to be doing? Huh. That's an interesting question in itself, huh? What are we supposed to be doing? And are we doing enough of it? Loving each other, understanding each other, helping each other. Are we doing enough? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Pete, come on. I heard your mama then. Come on, before I get to the to the first thing the topic we're gonna talk about here. Come on, talk to me. Well, you know, you asked the question, are we doing enough? You know, as you say, that's a general question. But the answer to that, in its, in its generosity, the answer still would be no, because we know 
you know, there's more that can be done. There's more that we are able to do. But, there, you know, just like the quote said, do we have the courage to do it? Do we have the courage to stand out from among the crowd? Do we have the courage to stand up consistently and stand for what we believe in? Or do we say, oh, well, somebody else will do it? Hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah. if the idea that you have is, is the idea that God has given you to turn things around. Not just for you, hmm. but for other people as well. You know, or 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 we reason we reason that oh well that's not going to be enough because what whatever I can do can only help this four or five people. Well, that's four or five people that wouldn't had whatever the necessities that that they needed or whatever it is that you were able to or willing to help with. We always want to mm-hmm. make a giant impact. What's wrong with starting small? What's wrong with starting where we are? And making an impact consistently where we are, and watch it grow from there. Mhm. I agree with that. I I I, I agree with that. I really do. And, and that's the essence of what the question that we're asking right there. That is the question. You know, great job, great job. All right. So here's the first topic up for discussion today. Um. Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday, Cam Newton was doing a press conference, and he was asked by a female reporter uh, about the routes his one of his receivers were running. Now, Cam, he smiled, put his head back, and chuckled a little bit, and um, basically said, it's funny to hear a female talk about routes. That was it. Now, all of a sudden, this became a sexist statement. All right, everybody's up. He's been forced to give apology statements, and everybody's on his case. You know, now I'm going to tell you like I saw it because I actually watched the the, the 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 press conference, and it wasn't sexist, y'all. Let's just put it that way. It wasn't sexist. He just made a, a, a observation. You know, would have made a little joke, and everybody got upside upside down about it. You know, why are we? No, let me change that. Why are they so sensitive? Okay, why is it every time you say something, there's a problem with it? If you said that, I mean, why, why, why is that the way it is? It shouldn't be that way. No, the man just made a comment. Hey. It's funny to hear a woman talk about routes. Boom. You know, that's like a woman sitting there saying, hey, it's funny to hear a man talk about menstrual cycles. Is that sexist? Hey, no, it's all subjection. Nobody meaning anything harmful about it. It's just something you don't hear all the time. Why is it sexist? Why is it sexist? And, and this is the issue I have right now with society because there's nothing that you can say. There's nothing that's it's said today that somebody don't take it and run with it out of what it's really meaning. You know? What's up, Black Phoenix? I see you out there. P. Yankee, guest 773-779. Thank y'all for hanging in with me today, me and P. Ross. I mean, so what is so sexist about what this man said? Not a dang old thing. I mean, let's think about it. You stand up there and you ask them all these different questions. Hey, look, I'm in a good mood. 
and, and you just had a good practice, you feel it good, and then you hear this, and you just give a little chuckle. <laughs> you know, give a little chuckle. And then you know, I mean, let's be honest. I, I, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Some of the things that said on our, my bowling nights would make a lot of y'all just run and hide, okay, <laughs> when we bowling. And, and so him to say this is just really uh, it's like childish, man. You know, get over it. You're a reporter. You know, I guess, I guess be, you know, if she if she goes into the locker room and they standing there with no clothes on, she'd be offensive that then too. But you're a reporter, and that's what you want to do, right? But I understand it's a professional player's responsibility to, to be more uh, understanding toward the reporter's questions, right? Man, get out of here with that. All right, anyway, so what he said, in my opinion, what he said was not sexist. Now I've got two other people on here agree with three others. But anyway, I see we got one hand up for this right here, so we're going to take the, their response real quick before we move on. Okay, that's all right, you P. Ross? Yeah, that's cool with me. <laughs> all right. All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Um, this is Hello. Miss Lady. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Miss Lady. How are you? I'm fine. I'm here in this traffic. Trying to figure it out. But anyway, say that do you think perhaps, you know, I think there's a lot of resentment toward black athletes, especially with uh because they have stood up to protest um they have protested um you know the mistreatment of black people by the police, the shootings and so forth. So I think anything that these NFL players say are going to be put under a lot of scrutiny, and anything that can be portrayed as being inflammatory um, against uh, women, um, they're going to spin it that way. And I think it's just mm-hmm. a lot of heightened scrutiny now against a black NFL players. What I would wonder is if Tom Brady had some, said something like that, which is just verbalizing his perspective and opinion. It wasn't at all, you know, discriminatory or objectionable. Um, he was just verbalizing his opinion and his perspective. Um, I wonder if Tom Brady had said that, if it would be just kind of, of a, of a um, fallout from it. A response, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what, Miss Lady, I, I I thought about the same thing, but I said, well, you know, I was going to go ahead and, and not um, bring that forward and use that as part of it. But you, you are absolutely correct. What if why, the Golden Boy would have said it? Why wouldn't you do that? But why wouldn't you do that? That's being well, honest. Well, because, uh, yeah. And it's being real. Well, See, it's, not, it's being real. It, it's being honest. And it's moving the conversation forward. And um, showing the disparity and the hypocrisy and the discrimination of those who are claiming that this black man verbalized a simple opinion and it was not at all hmm. objectionable. Mm-hmm. You're right. So, I agree with so you. I agree with you. If, you know, um, whoever – 
was it a female reporter that, because I missed the first part, a female reporter that wrote that? Yeah. Yes, it was a female reporter. Uh, well, she yes. had something like she had but, issues. But you... <laughs> so she has issues? <laughs> she got issues. Oh. I, 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 I can, I can, I, I, well, I'm not going to, well, I'm not going to say I she mean, did a black issues. NFL player, she wanted, did he blow her off? Um, did, no, he didn't. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You start to wonder, yeah. you know, what, what all of this personal, it seems like they're just uh, personally attacking people. You know, it's like, this. it's, it's yeah. their own stuff coming forward. Yeah, but but you see, you you know what though, and, and I, I'm gonna put you in the queue as I go ahead because I got another caller coming in. But thank you, Miss Nitty, I do appreciate it. Um, uh, see, and, and here's the thing: she really wasn't as upset with it until others in the media arena decided to to speak and and pick and and say he said this, and you know, then it got played over and over and over again. Then all of a sudden, they called and asked her. Then yeah, I felt it was sexist. And it wasn't. It really wasn't. But, you know, let's be honest. You're talking about a black athlete getting played, getting paid to play. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there. Getting paid to play. And, and, and basically what they are, modern-day slaves, and they have to do what they're told. Right? Unless your name is Colin Kaepernick, you know, and then you could do what he did. You know, step out of his contract and say, "Look, I'm gonna stand up for what I mean. You can hire me, but this is what I'm doing." And of course, we know we see what's going on with that, right? All right, we got another caller want to come in on this. Let's bring them in real quickly. All right, area code four seven zero. Welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Hey, Mr. Talk, Black Phoenix. How are you? I'm doing fine, Black Phoenix. It's been a moment. How you doing? Ah, uh, it's been good. Been good. You know, good. just living good. life like everybody else. But I really <laughs> did want to chime in on the Cam Newton thing because you know I've talked on your show about professional mm-hmm. sports and the inside information. And mm-hmm. see, people have to understand first and foremost, Cam Newton is the face of the Carolina Panthers, he's a quarterback. And he's a quarterback that has had success in the league. So naturally, with that, he's going to be held to a higher standard. And like the comments that I made in the chat room where I was saying when she made the comment about, you know, how do you feel about your receivers after they catch the ball, they're just trucking people and sticking their heads in their chest and things like that. Now, when he made the comment, he was telling what he was thinking. That's all he was doing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. to quote, to quote Don Napoleon in uh, The Godfather, the Don, when he was talking to Michael. No, I'm sorry, when he was talking to Sonny. He said, never tell people outside the family what you're thinking again. Because when mm. you tell people what you're thinking, they can take that and create their own narrative. When you just mm-hmm. answer the question, like the comment I made, oh, I think it's great. I think it's great the fact that once I get the receivers the ball, that they're taking the initiative, they're being physical, and they're letting the defense know that you're going to have to bring more than one player to take that player down. That's what I meant by being 
media savvy. What he do isn't any mm. different than what any other quarterback does. However, mm-hmm. he's probably the most successful black quarterback in the league right now and has been for the last three or four years, with the exception mm-hmm. of maybe uh, Russell Wilson in Seattle. And he's not even considered <laughs> black. He's considered biracial. Right. So Cam is a different level in terms of what he does. And because he's not very well versed in the media, a lot of times what he does is taken completely out of context. Was his remarks sexist? Of course not. He was just making an observation because he usually doesn't get questions from female reporters that are really into the game on that level. Her question was great, but that gets Mm -hmm. totally missed because of how he reacted to it. So he has to be better at that because political climate, the way that it is now, and anything anybody says can be taken completely out of context. Anything. Did you see the the information that they dug up on her on Twitter five years ago when her she was talking about her dad making racist jokes and how she thought it yeah. was funny and all this other kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. So now her dirty laundry is coming out Yeah. as yeah. a result of this situation. So it's not just one-sided because she's a beat reporter. And for those who don't understand what beat reporter means, she's a reporter for Carolina. So she follows mm-hmm. that team. So with all those black right. players on that team, she's going to have a problem doing interviews now. Because now they've mm-hmm. dug up stuff that she said five years ago that had racial epithets attached to it in regards to her father and how she felt about it and how she joked about it. So now she's got to deal with that. So it's two sides of the same coin, which is all I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank and, you, man. And we can't and leave that always... part of it out. We can't leave that part of it out. No. The backlash that she's going to receive from the players in terms of the interviews that she has to do as a part of her job. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, but it still is going to be overshadowed a little bit until you know something else comes up to take the you know the, the attention off of this piece of nonsense. That's what I'm gonna call it, piece of nonsense, because I ain't gonna say that. But thank you, man. As always, insightful, um, great information, and I'm glad you brought that up because yes, you are right. They did actually have um, some things on Twitter about her father, you know, racist comments and things. And, and, you know, and that's the interesting thing. It's like you get up there. I'm going to put you in the queue, Black Phoenix, all right? And, no problem. No problem. Uh, get you back. All right. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's very interesting how people have these histories, you know, that they all of a sudden forget about, and, and all of a sudden they become very sensitive and, and, and hurtful when certain things are saying. But you go back and dig into their history uh, of their families, and, and you – just see all kind of nonsense And you're like wait a minute If you thought this was funny well, What's wrong with this It wasn't. And 
but that that shows the hypocritical side of people. Uh, and of course, let's look at um, she got her five minutes of fame also. Now everybody knows who she is. You know, she's that reporter, just like the Aaron Andrews lady. You know, she had her five minutes of fame, and it just will go away just like the rest of them, and then we'll you know be on to something else. P. Ross, what you got to tell me real quick before I move it on? Yeah, I agree. I agree with him. He made he made some very um, um, poignant um, points, and now he he is right. It's going to be difficult for her to do her job now that her her dirty laundry is on the line. You know, and and mm-hmm. and sometimes before we jump in and and allow the media, you know, to put a spin on things that's really really innocent. You know, we need to probably think about whether we need to make a whole to do about it. What's in our closet that we really don't want to get out there? Is it really, like we say, having the courage to stand through the pressure? You know, you don't put it out there now. You're going to have to stand. You're going to have to stand mm. now because it is, it is going to come. If you getting your little panties in a rough, you know, just because, you know, he said girls don't or women don't usually act about that stuff, which is definitely true. We don't. You know, reporters or otherwise, you know. Well, you know, go ahead, go ahead. You know, we normally you normally don't hear that, you know, and, and of course I understand they have scripted questions they have to ask and all of that, but for the most part, you know, we really not into that side of football, honestly. You know, we just into who won, who's playing, who the players are, you know. Well, and, and, and that explains. You know, that explains his comment. I mean, it really does. I mean, yeah. and, and like Black Phoenix said, it was a very, very intelligent question. I mean, because when I heard I'm like, all right, all right. And he writes, you don't hear him talking about routes and how they run the routes and things. And exactly. it was just observation. Yeah. Exactly. That's all it was. You know, and they want to mm. put a spin on it and all this propaganda. And unfortunately, she let her little self get caught up in it. Now here's here's the 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 um, apology that Cam Newton had to had to make, and it's 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 crazy, man. It says after careful thought, I understand my word choice was extremely degrading and disrespectful to women, and to be honest, that was not my intentions. And if you are a person who took offense to what I said, I sincerely apologize to you. I am a man who tries to be a positive role model in my community and tries to use my platform to inspire others. I take ownership to everything that comes with that, and what I did was extremely unacceptable. I'm a father of two beautiful daughters, and at their age, I try to instill in them that they can do and be anything (laughs) that they want to be. The fact that during the whole process I've already lost sponsors and countless fans, I realized that the joke was really on me. I've learned a valuable lesson from this. To the young people who see this, I hope that you learn something from this as well. Don't be like me. Be better than me. To the reporters, to the journalists, to the moms, super moms, to the daughters, the sisters, and the women all around the world, I sincerely apologize and hope that you can find the kindness in your heart to forgive me. There yeah, it is. Yeah, I think you're wrote that. Now, what, what, look, look, what was that really? That was a forced apology that somebody wrote for him because it's yep. got so many key words in it. To, to, it's funny. 
you know, yeah. he lost sponsors. Now, let's be honest. If he lost sponsors, what does that mean? The NFL done lost some sponsors. And once again, that yeah. goes back to the money. It's a, yeah. That goes back to the money. I, I think it, it's very – it's the wording, my word choice was extremely degrading and disrespectful to women. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Need we say any more about this? Huh? Need yeah. we say any more about this? this I mean, wow. Yeah. So, I just, I just want to know how was it extremely disrespectful and degrading? How was it? Ex- I don't get that. I don't see nothing extreme about it. Uh, well, uh, you know, he's um, he giggled. That's what it was. He giggled. I think if he would have kind of kept a straight face, it would have been, you know, a little bit better. But since he giggled with it and kind of chuckled, I think everybody, that's where everybody say it was uh, horrible. But like Black Phoenix said, next time I'm sure he'll choose his words better. You know, but in you know, the same 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 thought process, you know, when you're up there on the podium and you can ask questions right then, it's hard just to stand back and say, okay, okay, let me let me make sure I say just the right thing. Hey, right. Say, as you said, Black Phoenix, I say, you know, he said what he was thinking. Period, and that was it. That was it. So that is not a bad thing. That was it. I said that was it, and that was all. He said exactly what he was thinking. What the hell you want from the man? The man just came off the field. You want him to put together a whole, you know, a literal, you know, dissertation with all the correct words mm-hmm. in it fresh off the field? Come on, y'all. Let's be real now. All right, all right. Here's, here's, here's some more to this now, because, you know, we try to tell you as much as we can. Here's some more to this. All right, Rodriguez released a statement Wednesday regarding Newton's comments, and that's um, the female reporter name, her last name. This afternoon, I did my job as an NFL beat writer and asked Cam Newton a question about one of his receivers. I was dismayed by his response, which not only belittled me, but countless other women before me and beside me who worked in similar jobs. I sought Mr. Newton out as he left the locker room a few minutes later. He did not apologize for his comments. Yeah. See? <laughs> and, and here's some more about it. After Newton's comment became a national storyline, three past tweets of Rodriguez came to light in which she was racially insensitive. Rodriguez posted an apology Thursday morning on Twitter. Per the NFL, the comments are just plain wrong and disrespectful to the exceptional female reporters and all journalists who cover our league. They do not reflect the thinking of the league. All right, so now she and say so Sheena had to go back and apologize for some tweet Sheena did where she was um <laughs> you know she was racially insensitive. <laughs> so I guess it's like the pot calling the kettle black, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but. But I still don't believe if the, the media hadn't pushed it, I don't think this would have, anything would have been said about it. But since they pushed it, it became this hee ha ha ha. All right, one more call, then we got to move on to the shooting thing. We're going to talk about that too. All right, PA, I can make it fast, and we ain't going to have no uh, uh, craziness today. Let's go. Your line is open. Hi, hey, how you doing? Bye. 
I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Hey, what are you still there? What happened to him? I don't know. You said make it fast. Oh, that was it? (laughs) He's being being funny now. (laughs) What you got to say, man? Come on. I got other things I need to talk about. Come on. (laughs) All right. All right, so we we gonna play that, right? No, we're not. All right, moving on to the next story. Let's talk Back about. To <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? All right, let's let's talk about the shooting in Las Vegas. We all know. Yes. Um, last week there was a shooting in Las Vegas where this lone gunman, lone wolf gunman, as he has been called, you know, fired on a mm-hmm. uh, country concert. Uh, killing what fifty some people and injuring a whole yeah, lot more. Um, yeah, fifty nine. They huh? said last count was last count was fifty nine people were killed and at least five hundred and twenty seven others were injured. Okay, now was this or was this not an act of terrorism? You know, that's a word that gets thrown down a whole thrown thrown around a whole lot. When, when there's shootings and things like that that go on. But being that this was a, a, a white guy, it's being classified more of a, as a lone wolf shooting than anything else. They have been digging and digging, and they really can't not find any reason for him why he did it, why he did it. Of course, we know anytime there's a big shooting going on, the first thing they're going to start yelling about is what? Gun control, gun control, right. gun control. Now, also, believe it or not, this is a, 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 a change of narrative in the country as well. Because anybody knows anytime something tragic happens in this country, it brings everybody together and everybody begins to say, kumaya together. And, you know, we stand and hold arms and, you know, kneel, pray together, and, and like everything is hunky-dory. So here's my question, Okay. <laughs> uh, was this a false flag? Was this something set up? Now, I, I, and this is why I'm asking because anybody who stayed in a hotel room know how thick them glasses are, and we know those glasses are meant those 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 windows are meant to withstand a whole lot, a whole lot. Now, what did he have that that that, that put that big old hole in that window? You know. Um, that was there. That's my first question. I want to know because hotel windows are meant to withstand some strong stuff, hurricane force winds, or what have you. Now, so you telling me he fired through there that much to where they just shattered, just left a hole, just a little round hole. But wouldn't if it shattered, the whole thing would have came out. I'm just yep. asking questions now because I, I really, I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay, now. He's firing down. He's firing down. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. You know, they've been, they've been showing the, 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 the video and things like that. This guy's firing down out of 32nd floor window. All right? Why are you laying on the ground? Making the target easy. Why are you laying on the ground? Uh, I, I'm sorry, y'all. It, the, 
Is it just me, or does that make no sense whatsoever? He's firing down. You laying on the ground. Oh, that's easy. That's easy right there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Um, and here's another one. Here's another one. Gun control. Gun control, because you know it's going to pop up as it always does. And my opinion is, I don't care what kind of gun control you had during that time, it wasn't going to work. It's not going to work, okay? Because I don't care what you had, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked, okay? Um, P. Ross, you got anything for me before I bring Sister Ingoni in and let her no, comment no, on this? Go ahead and bring her in. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right, Sister Ingoni, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great, and you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. Greetings to your co-host, T. Ross. Hey, Sister Ingoni, how are you? I'm good. You you raised a question, Mr. Talk, and um, I would just like to raise a question also, but share uh, two reports that I listened to. One was from Robert David Steele the uh, ex-CIA agent that is uh, going around, was going around the country with uh, Dr. Cynthia McKinney uh, and Crow Mm -hmm. 777. Now, uh, Robert David Steele's take on it was that it was uh, more of a need to expand, uh, like from Michael Chertoff and company, you know, because he produces the X-ray machine, so forth, to go in the airport and they're trying to push, uh, you know, uh, this security uh, network out into the general society bus stations. I mean, after all, they got Homeland Security now, um, uh, you know, at uh, graduation services, uh, high school graduations and so forth. And uh, so that was mm-hmm. his take on it. Okay, that, w- that was his take on okay. it. He went in more detail um, than I'm able to do. But the Crow 7-7 report uh said that he, I didn't see it myself, I did make the effort to try to find it, uh, but he said that uh, uh, it was a scheduled FEMA drill and that he actually saw the schedule and he said he wasn't sure whether they had removed it or not. I tried to look on a couple of places and I couldn't find the date. But um, he said that FEMA showed up on the scene two or three days prior to the event. Now, I don't know that that's just, you know, what uh, the information that I was exposed to so far. So I'm kind of like leaning towards you that that there's some questions, a whole lot of them. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more it's more questions than there are answers at this moment. You, know? and you have to ask who benefits. <laughs> right. Ah. Mm, who benefits? Um. Good question. Huh. And there was also okay. an ex-marine, uh, Richie in Boston, that claims that. Um, he knew someone or he talked with someone that was a neighbor of that man. And he claims that, um, that the profile they're giving him is very suspicious and made up, you know, like the manifestos we get when these events happen, supposedly the lone nut leaves behind. Mm-hmm. So right. I, I, honestly, I, I have to say that anything that's on the mainstream news, as far as I'm concerned, is suspect, especially when, like you pointed out, um, there's a, a gun control issue that's always pushed, you know, to the front, usually. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it has right. been so far, but, you know, because 
a forty five can't shake up his base, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know that that was interesting because uh yeah. Um there actually have been some calls for gun control again, you know, like we expected. Well, of course, we know it's not going to go anywhere. And has anybody ever noticed how, hey, come back, Black Phoenix. I was going to get you in here as soon as I finished talking. Um, has anyone noticed how um, how the NRA never has anything to say about this stuff? You know, they, they sit back and be quiet for a while. You know, and I guess they're just going to start paying more people off to, to, to kill, kill whatever regulations they try and pass. All right, let me bring Black Phoenix back in. Um, Black Phoenix, welcome again, man. Go ahead, tell me what you got. Um, I just wanted to touch on a few things. I agreed with what you and uh, Sister Ngone said. However, mm-hmm. sometimes you can answer questions with questions. Mm. So mm-hmm. here's uh, just a few. Weren't we given okay. the lone gun theory before in terms of President Kennedy, in terms mm. of the running president, Bobby Kennedy, in terms of Martin Luther King? Hmm. Didn't in all three scenarios, yeah. wasn't it a lone gun theory? So once they figured <laughs> out that that yeah. would work, and you look at the actual events that took place in Vegas – Here's a guy with, and this is what we're not being told. This is what logic will tell you. I'm not a gun owner. I'm not a gun user. However, if you're shooting from 32 floors up, and when you made the comment about hotel windows, the only place that I've Mm -hmm. been where hotel windows are not mounted, meaning that you can't open them, you can't close them, because they're sealed was when I was in Tampa Mm -hmm. in May. They don't have mounted hotel windows. So where I was staying at, they just, and that's due to the climate. You know, Florida is very Mm -hmm. humid. It's very hot. So they're not inclined to have those mounted windows. But when you have a guy that's 32 floors up and shooting down, all right, and, and you may, you had this question of, well, why were people just laying down? Well, they're laying down, number one, you don't know where the shots are coming from. Number two, there's a good chance that people around you are being hit. So you're frozen because you don't know where to go. There's 22,000 people in an open space. Unless you're on the perimeter, where are you going to move to? Now, number three, Okay. once the gunman sees you moving, because he was basically shooting fish in a barrel, come on, 22,000 people, mm-hmm. and he's at the right range with the right caliber weapon, with the right burst to get maximum effect. To me, number one, that doesn't sound like someone who just, had an idea, let me shoot up a concert. Number two, (laughs) someone who didn't have the expertise to know exactly what he was doing. Number three, to strategically place himself in an area that would take time for the authorities to figure out 
where he's at. False flag, chances are you can check that off. Set up, chances are you can check that off. Somebody who's very experienced and skilled at what they're doing, chances are you can check that off. That's not easy to do to get all those weapons in place. And we got to understand now, when they're talking about his weaponry, and this goes into gun control, because that's one of the strongest lobbies in the country, okay? Before they confiscate your guns, they'll confiscate your ammunition, because that's easier, it's more cost-effective. So they'll just stop selling you bullets, which will make it harder for you to use your weaponry. For them to come door to door and get your guns, that's that takes a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of manpower. We can just stop giving people ammunition, render their guns powerless. So those are the questions that I'm opposing in regards to the questions that you are asking that could give us some answers in my closing statement. In regards to Ngone talking about 777, which is 21, which is 3, that leads us into a whole nother metaphysical level of the number 3 and how everything in the three-dimensional world is predicated on 3, which is why you have your alphabet gang, ABC, NBC, CBS, TNT, list goes on and on, OWN, and you have your three-dimensional world, and you have your father, son, the Holy Spirit, and we could go on and on. But I just wanted to throw that in to just give some food for thought. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you. Sister Negroni, you you got anything you want to say behind that? Yeah, those are really good points. The only thing that came to my mind was, as far as the gun issue, I I don't really think the government wants to take anybody's guns. I think they just want to keep the issue as one to use to manipulate the psyche of the public. That's what I think. I think they use that, you know, just like what you were – I don't want to jump off the subject, but just like the issue you addressed before the gun – before the shooting in Las Vegas, you know, it was so petty. And and to me, it's all about managing the – perception of the public you know so that's what i look at the gun issue and i think uh what n2k was saying is i mean black black i'm sorry i forget the name but uh what he was saying about um sorry i said black phoenix okay thank you Uh, what he was saying about uh i forgot my point now but anyway go ahead (laughs) i forgot my point (laughs) oh okay i'm sorry oh t ross you with me Okay. Yes, I am. Um, yeah. Okay. Anything you want to add? No, I, I can't remember. Oh, you're talking to T. Ross. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, give me a minute. I'm looking at some of my notes that I had um, yesterday that I, that I should have put on the um, website where it was saying that, um, you know, um, that that since 1982, 54% of the mass shootings that 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 they had that they have since 1982 were committed by white men. 
Now, they were not quick, like he was saying, this lone wolf theory. You know, they always had a, a, a mental issue. You know, it was always explained away. However, in the other cases where, you know, it, it was a minority or, or, you know, people from another another country or something like that, or a black man, you know, it, 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 it portrayed them as, as, you know, being a threat, as being violent, you know. But it, you really have to address the issue, you know, that, 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 that the feeling of entitlement that white men have. And another thing that this that this uh, report brought out brought out was that seventy five percent of the weapons used in those shootings were legally obtained. Seventy five percent of the hundred and forty three weapons, seventy five percent were obtained legally, and they included assault weapons and automatic, you know, semi-automatic handguns. With high capacity magazines. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. That, that, yeah. That's some interesting stuff just there. <laughs> oh. Hey, Mr. Talk, am I still on? Yes, you are. I just want to add something to what your co host just said. Mm hmm. Um, have you ever noticed? And everybody that's listening to the program, have you ever noticed when we're shown these isolated images of black people being killed in these very egregious manners, Uh that what they do is they'll level the playing field by killing white people in mass? Now, 
we have to understand these things mm. are scripted. We were given this concert. Wasn't there a concert in Europe? Uh, some pop star mm-hmm. in France. Wasn't yeah. there a concert mm. after that? Before this one happened, with, there were like two concerts, one in Europe, one, uh, I think both were in Europe, and then we had this one. Yeah. But you notice that they don't do that with black entertainers. Why? Mm. They don't. How come? Because they don't want 100 cities on fire in America. And I think your point is very well taken. Yeah, and what don't. I. Yeah, and, you know, that reminds me of Lennon Honor. I don't know if you're familiar with him, Mr. Talk, but um, he wrote a book. He did a study. It took him several years to compile the information about what happened on 911. And he said because of the fact that it took him a number of years to write this book, doing the research, he discovered that every year, about six weeks prior to September 11th, he noticed in the mainstream media that they would start hyping up terrorism or there would be, you know, some kind of a uh, shooting or something uh, and where the press would continuously bring up, if there wasn't any event currently, then they would bring up something that had happened prior. He said that he noticed that every single year they would do that. And so I paid attention, and this year they did it. They started yep. raising the, mm. the terror flag. You know, we used to have the colors. So what I mm. forgot uh, and remembered that I was trying to say in summary is that I really think that um, that this is just uh, another form of mass manipulation as far as mind control to keep people off balance and in fear, fear porn. And the, in, the details that we get from the so-called event how do we know they're true? And usually right. if you wait about right. a month or two, there are researchers that will go and do a deep research on it and bring out fine points that don't match the mainstream story. I'm right. right. Hmm. And all we have to do, in essence, just to um, Sister Ngone's point, all we have to do is use logic. A guy on the 32nd hmm. floor by himself, uh-huh. heavy artillery, Bust out somehow, like you said, Mr. Talk, somehow he just busts out a hotel window that nobody noticed. Well, he's 32 floors up, and then he just starts dumping gunfire and doesn't seem to have to reload. See, here's mm. the trick. It didn't seem like he re- he just he was just letting off rounds, and they told you, they give you the information. They give it to you. He didn't have the traditional clip, which is usually street terminology, which is usually a 13 to 15 round burst, means that you can pull the trigger and you can let off about 13 bullets. And then you have to release the trigger and then pull it again, and you can just keep doing that rapid fire until you run out and you have to replace it. Well, when we look at the video, the fire is continuous. So is he actually manning all this weaponry? Um, how did he? How was he able to stage all this weaponry? And then we're given the the analysis of gun control and how was he able to? And this is legal. And if you modify it this way, so we get all of this stuff that clouds the issue of what we're really talking about. And Why are how we killing know? people in mass? 
And how do you know what you've seen, the images that we're being shown, are real? Real. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And actually, in the the picture online, they actually had not one, but two windows that that, that were broken out. And they were initially thinking that he was firing from both windows that he had adjoining joining suite. And I was like, now how is that possible? He got all these guns supposedly right by the window where he's shooting and he's running back and forth, not tripping over everything, firing off all of these rounds between two windows and he's sixty four years old. How is that humanly Or or he's got something that we don't know about where there's like a auto button exactly. where you can just click it on mm-hmm. auto and then move yeah. to the other one and click it on auto, and then as soon as one Ooh. runs out, you reload it, and then as soon as the other one runs out, you reload it, and it still yeah. hovers around the same target. Yeah. I mean, logically, that would be the only thing unless there were more people. Mm. Mm. It, to me, it's just a simple yeah. matter of attack on consciousness. That That's what the war is on, our consciousness. Oh, definitely, definitely. definitely. Mm. The world is being awakened, and uh, the people who have been in charge of the awakening are trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, corral that. Because Mm. even though in here, you know I love to do this. Let me just throw this in. (laughs) If you guys haven't seen Interstellar or Ghost in the Shell, you got to watch it. Ghost in the Shell is a monster. It's about, um, in Ngone, we talked about this years ago, it's about transhumanism, but it's about mm-hmm. taking the brain and putting it into a cyber organ, cyber organ, body, but the spirit slash soul stays intact. So what happens is, is your, your programming gets interrupted because you have DNA memory that comes back. That movie is so deep. That was with uh, Scarlett Johansson. It just came out within the last six, eight months. It's called Ghost in the Shell. Check that out, because that's some real high-level esoteric stuff that talks about moving humanity in an artificial direction where you can't Mm -hmm. take away the inherent humanity. Which is the soul and the spirit It's deep Check and that you out know, Oh I'm sorry That's, uh, And you know that reminds I'm done. I'm done. That, that reminds me um, That I just also Heard a discussion about how In movies now They have a two second cut Meaning that they never keep the camera On any scene more than two seconds Which means your brain Is being com- uh, Constantly uh, Bombarded with uh, these, you know, uh, these quick bolts of image. Subliminal messages. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. yes. And mm-hmm. and, yeah. and the other yeah. thing too, I see a connection. I mean, maybe I'm stretching it too far, but I see a connection. And that's what I, to your first topic with the incident with the uh, sports player and you know this woman reporter being offended, which I'm with T. Ross. I don't think that it was, you know, she could have took it as a compliment. It could have went either way. But I think the whole bottom line is I'm not trying to try to change the subject. I'm trying to point out the connection that I see is that 
It's about control of the language, control. The issue of race is always used as a hot button. The issue of guns is a hot button. It's just completely mind control. That's what an attempt at mind control because, you know. Yeah. To me, that's what it's all it's all about. I'm I'm complete, Mr. Talk. Thank you. Wow. You know, between the two of y'all, man, I tell you, y'all done put some things out there. Oh, my, my, my. <laughs> yeah, well, Mr. Talk is, is, is all know. out there for us. It is. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just whether or yeah. not we're paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah, it's yeah. not. This, yeah, this stuff know. isn't secret. Now, they might hide mm-hmm. it in plain sight, they don't even do that. meaning that oh, okay. I can put something yeah. right in front of your eyes and you not see it. So if I put it in front of your eyes and you don't see it, that's not my fault. I'm absolved of any wrongdoing because you don't see it. That's not my job to make you see it. My job is to let you know it's there. And that's, (laughs) as a people, that's where we're slipping because we see it and we're trying to attach it to something where it doesn't fit. And we talk about, oh, why are we seeing all this violence with these individual black people just getting shot down in cold blood? And then all of a sudden, they show you 100 white people getting shot down in cold blood, and then another 300 injured. And then <laughs> yeah. so now you're left with, now the logic is, okay, how do I, how do I resolve this issue? Right, because <laughs> they shot down like eight people that I know that I've seen here. Mm-hmm. Man, they knocked off about sixty or seventy, and then yeah. injured three hundred. Maybe because don't forget, it's been proven that uh, that school. What was the name of that school? Um, Sandy Hook. Hook. Sandy Hook was a definite not true. They 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 what? knocked that mm. out of the water. So maybe. As we're getting the report of what supposedly happened in Las Vegas, we don't really know that it really happened. That's true. All right. Well, thank you. I got a couple more callers need to come in. So let me. Oh, here we go again. All right. Uh, let me, let me get, let me get to the show. Bring him in. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Um. um I was reading this online, you know, and the article um, Sister Angoni was talking about was this a, a false flag. It had something in there uh, talking about um, Gladio, Gladio and Gladio B. It, 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 it was uh, um, Operation Gladio was a Pentagon-sponsored NATO program that used false flag terrorism to promote a strategy of contempt. Now, 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 what that means is that traditionally, that the terrorized populations will allow governments to trample on their rights. In other words, they give up, they give up all of their rights and run to the government in order for answers for it to stop. P. Ross, there's some yeah. noise in the background that I couldn't hardly hear anything you were saying. Would you mind sharing that again? Mr. Todd, yeah. there's somebody's got yeah. some background noise going on. Okay. Let me, yeah, let me I'm hearing it too. Yeah, I don't know what that is because there's nothing here. 
All right. Okay, uh, what I, was I got it. Go ahead. Okay, I found this online, and it was talking about Operation Gladio, Operation Gladio, um, and Operation Gladio beat. And it, what it was was a Pentagon-sponsored. It was a Pentagon-sponsored. Um, it was a Pentagon-sponsored NATO program that used false flags to promote a strategy of tension. It was false flag terrorism. And the design, it was designed so that the terrorized populations would allow government to trample on their rights. So it could dictate to them the direction that the government wanted to take them in anyway. And they would be okay with that because so much, everything was so chaotic. That's exactly what they did in Nazi Germany. Yeah, and and it meant yeah, yeah. See, and so and so, could this be, you know, a part of that? Absolutely. There's an excellent documentary by James Corbett that details the Gladio B uh, and uh, Newsbud. They do a report on that too, and it's still in play today. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, so they yeah. they start. Yeah, they stir up the masses to say, okay, well, the government needs to do something about this, and it needs to be done now. We don't care what you do. And at the end of the day, all of your rights are taken. Yeah, hmm. and they've been doing that ever since yep. the Patriot Act 1 and 2, haven't they? <laughs> yep, they, they have. And, <laughs> they and this have. one guy who was um, a co-conspirator of this, Vincenzo Vincigar, I don't know, I don't know how to say his last name. But anyway, he, this is what he says. He said, you had to attack civilians, the people, the women, the children, far removed from any political game. This would allow authorities to bring in a state of emergency. And how better to, how better to do that than to polarize the society where people can't even talk to each other, they can't freely express their thoughts and ideas without being attacked, just right. like the first thing that you brought up on your show, Mr. Talk, about the reporter that became, right. you know, insulted because of mm-hmm. a little statement. Mm-hmm. And then the brother got to turn around and write a, a you know, to me, I, I feel bad for the brother. <laughs> I ain't yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, they wrote, you know he, they, they she just demasculated that. him. They mm-hmm. did. They did. Yeah. So that's how I see a connection. Uh, I see a connection to the uh, whole. Effort. You know, that, uh, when you when you and uh, um, Black Phoenix, the way y'all put it together, yeah, there's a connection without a doubt. And to add to it, what P. Ross just just um, read, it's there. It's there. Like I say, it's out there for us. You know, we just got to see it, which we already know. That's half. Now, you know, that's the battle that we most of. Most of society is losing because they're not trying to look for it. Not like they're not aware of it, but they just don't want to look. They and, and I've said this before. Some of them just don't want to know. <laughs> you know, I don't care if you put it right there in front of their face and say, "Here," they do not want to know. They rather live in the fantasy of fair world that they live in the American dream and they're happy. Well, yeah. so let them do it. And, and, and um, you know I mean, what? Can I say one more thing, and I'll be quiet for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 while, 
I'm sorry, T. Ross, I couldn't hear you. I say, no, you won't. We're not going to let you. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, and by the way, before I forget, I lost your number because I lost all the data in my phone. Um, I'll give it back to you. Thank you. There is a bill going through the Congress right now, legislation, to, uh, okay. to pass, to make it a felony to support boycotts against Israel. My, my, how they got us looking mm. over here while they're doing this kind of stuff right here. Mm. Mm. Ain't that something? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that's, and that's after sending them an additional $75 million in military aid. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, it's, no, uh, it's, called, it's called the proposed measure called the Israel Anti-Boycott Act, S.720. Going through Congress right now. Wow. Yep. You know, <laughs> you know that's interesting because anybody who listens to my show, you know, within the last two years at least, y'all already know how I feel about Israel and, and, and you know, their relationship as our key allies, they like to say. You know, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Uh, let me bring this other call in. You'll be waiting patiently. Wait, before I go, I'm going to be fair. P. Yankee, is there anything you want to say? Going once, going twice. All right. This thing about the uh, all these people in their room—they didn't show up on the surveillance cameras, or the cameras in the elevator cars, the stairwell outside the elevators, or the lobby. Okay. Now. Um. And uh, um. Here's 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 here it is, Pianki. Just like they never, they never um, found. Uh, they don't know how he got the weapons up there. So if somebody's just coming up there as a regular guest, of course you're not going to notice them, right or wrong. No, you said okay, there was more. You, you said there was a lot of people in the room. Now I have been to gun shows no, but, and I have taken weapons mm-hmm. in because you don't want to leave them in your car because somebody's stealing. And as many as maybe 10, I never had no 30. But uh, they put them in their bags, put them on the cart, get on the elevator and go up. There's nothing stopping you from doing right. that. They would rather for you to take weapons right. in the car, don't, in your room, don't leave it in the car. <clears throat> and being a, uh African Federal Firearms license holder where I can sell guns and ammunition, I see the different rules and regulations that's being proposed in order to make it harder for people to go through the process of getting licensed so they can uh, own a weapon. And really, automatic weapons is not uh, illegal. You just have to pay a, a higher tax in order to receive it. And I keep detesting people calling semi-automatic rifles assault rifles. AR, the A on the AR-15 does not mean assault rifle, nor does it do on the on the AK-47. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, maybe there's some contention in what I hear. Let's see it all be worked out. Uh, by the way, go on to your next caller. Well, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, okay, I will go to my next caller. Um, but before I go, Black Phoenicia, your mic is open as well. Um yeah, Pianki, you you made a good point. I think I've said this before as well on Monday. It's not hard to get the weapons up there because 
nine times ten, you check in, you you know, put your bags in the car, they just roll them up. So you can constantly. Now, here's my thing, though. I, I think, you know, if I was to cut this and I kept seeing the same person come in rolling stuff up, like, what are you doing? Just out of curiosity, what are you doing? You know, I probably wouldn't, you know, do anything, but just what is he doing? Um, but as far as other people being able to fire, which is a possibility, being up there to fire, which may be a possibility. As I said, you know, if you walk up just like a normal guest in the hotel, nobody's going to really notice, you know, know that that's what you're going up there to do. You know, you're just another normal joke going to your room in Las Vegas. Now, Mr. Talk? As far as, a, yes. Don't forget the... Uh Underwear bomber was put on a plane in front of everybody, and he didn't have a passport. So if they wanted that poor man up in there in that hotel to do what he did, uh, he wouldn't have any problem if anybody did see him because they would have been told not to see what they see. Yeah, you, you're probably right. If he was a passenger. You, you're right. Now, I don't know whether he was or not, yeah. but if he was a passenger. <laughs> <laughs> the underwear bomber. I don't know who. That, boy, that was crazy there. All right, let me bring this other call in real fast. <laughs> Uh, wait a minute. Hold on before I do that because I know who this is. I hold on. All right, go ahead, Black Phoenix, real quick. I, I know you wanted to get in real fast. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly state that I think it's very important that we listen to people like Pianchi, who are staunch supporters of the Constitution, which is completely outdated, who are staunch mm-hmm. supporters of gun access who are staunch Mm -hmm. supporters of patriotism, even though that word gets really muddied in terms of what a patriot really is. Um, Mm. And I think that we can gain clues from listening to people like that, because I know I heard him say, well, you know, we don't know how he was able to – you can go in a hotel and have your baggage, and, and maybe you said that, Mr. Talk. I, I just want to make sure that yeah. I'm being correct in my yeah. analysis. Uh, the comment yeah, was made, yeah. well, you could just be a Joe Schmo in a hotel. Well, guess what? If you're black, you're not a Joe Schmo. So if you're coming in with duffel bags, somebody's going to be checking your gear. With that being said, yeah. mm-hmm. go ahead. Well, uh, I, I was just going to say from my, my experience, and, and what you're saying is are, is correct. Now, I know for a fact I stayed in Las Vegas. I was in Las Vegas, Vegas in August for a bowling tournament, and the hotel we stayed in was totally – you checked in at one spot, but you brought your bags in from through another spot where the, the front desk never saw you. The only time right. you saw them was checking in. And that was it. Right. So, it, you know, it may have been that – I you know, it may have been that – I don't know. I mean, it may be similar to the one I stayed in. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. Well, well, let me say this, and this is documented. Ten Mm -hmm. of the most popular 12 hotels in the world are in Las Vegas. Las Vegas has more surveillance cameras than any other city in the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now we got to use logic again. If we got all these surveillance cameras, if 10 of the most popular 12 hotels are in Vegas, how does this happen? How do you lay down 60 souls and injure another?
another 300 and then talking about security in the same breath. <laughs> That's hard to do, and it makes mm. sense. Because mm. if you go to an airport, which I just left two weeks ago, coming out of Sacramento, mm. California, going into Atlanta, had to, I, I didn't take my laptop out. And they gave instructions, take your laptop out. I wasn't paying attention because I was too busy taking my shoes off, taking my belt off. I was too busy dismantling my own wardrobe to listen to the, the carry-on information. So then when my laptop went through, they were like, okay, we got to take your laptop out. We got to rub down your bag. And they had these, like, things that looked like little Band-Aids that they rubbed it down mm-hmm. with. And what was so funny was that the TSA attendant was talking to me about being a Raider fan. He was doing everything distracting. Oh, how your Raiders mm-hmm. going to be? How they looking like? Oh, man, they didn't look too good last week versus Denver. And I'm just, like, looking at him use this little Band-Aid thing to swipe my whole bag. And then once they mm-hmm. swipe my whole bag and my laptop, they ran it through again. Now, here's the question that begs to be asked. If we have all of these protocols in place, how does something like this happen? It happens because somebody wants it to happen. Thank you. Mm. That's all I wanted somebody to say. That's all I wanted somebody to say. And another thing is, you know, why did it take them 72 whole minutes? That is an hour and 12 minutes to find this man. Because they had to have carnage. Say, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they wanted to people to die. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they had to give them time to get the number up, the numbers up to accomplish whatever goal that they needed to accomplish. Right, and that's just right. reality. Because yeah. when we look back, Mr. Talk, when we look back to France, yeah. where was that in France? That was like a year ago where the guy during a holiday just mowed people over with a car. Yeah. I know you guys yeah. remember yeah. that. It, well, he it just was a drove truck, through the streets just knocking people mm-hmm. over like bowling pins. Mm-hmm. And, and then, isn't it interesting like, that this is happening all over the world at the same time? Yes. And, and hmm. there's your clue. Very. When something happens <laughs> all over the world, they're trying to send you a message. Mm-hmm. This is the way life is going to be going forward until you stop it. It ain't got nothing to do with gun control. You can control guns all you want. As long as we get guns in the hands of the people that we need to have them in the hands of, this is going to keep happening. Uh, Mr. Tuck. All right. Yes, Yankee. Yeah, if, if uh, you know, you can put your guns, and I'll usually put mine in a, in a duffel bag. Matter of fact, what I do, I take a bat bag, and we put them in the bat bag, and we put them on a cart. You have a cart that uh, have a lower rack, and also mm-hmm. is designed for hanging your suits and other clothes on hangers and just roll right in the lobby and roll, put it on the elevator. Matter of fact, you can get the uh, baggage attendee to roll it in. So it's no, it's it's not no big 
it's not no big ordeal in order to take your belongings into your hotel room. And as I right. said before, with all the cameras that was in the in the lobby, on the elevator, outside the elevator doors, and also in the hallways, uh, double facing, they only recorded single individuals going into that particular room. So I don't know. And yes, I am a strong supporter of the United States Constitution. I think the United States is the best country in the world at this time. To be in that Constitution is very, very valuable. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe some of these conspiracies that we hear and these ideas, maybe they will play out. And uh, the truth, if it is a truth, will uh, come to the forefront. And we have in the Missouri, and by the way, we have in the Missouri uh, a gun show here in Missouri, in St. Charles, on the 21st and 22nd. And uh, you should come visit it. They're a lot of fun. I think not. I'll stay out of Missouri. <laughs> you never have me on the sidewalk shooting at me. Um, you know, <laughs> anyway, I- I'm going to my next caller. All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Blaze. Hey, Maze, what's going on? Well, first of all, when it comes to Cam Newton, they was already upset with him. Because something he said what, that he did about two years ago. Come to Cam Newton. Uh-huh. They've already been upset with him. And this silly woman that won't try to make okay. a name for herself, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the Vegas and how the man got those weapons into the room, he could have had them in a suitcase, mm-hmm. could have had them in a trunk. All he had to do was roll them up on the cart to his room and have them in there. You know, we got a lot of nutty people walking yeah. around, you know, that's sick, and you got a lot of uh, people that's uh, been to war. They have problems. And you got some that's, mm-hmm. that's just messed up, that's been messed up all their life, and their parents have been had them locked down, and then the parents gone, and they don't know what to do with themselves. But they never committed crimes. <laughs> okay. So, and, and, okay. and the family don't have nothing to do with them, so they just out there like loafers. Um, and then I mean, the narrative get, is they can, hmm? they can get weapons. What's stopping them? They don't have a record of well, yeah, and then you look that's at the, true. And the well, I mean, and the congressman, oh, let me finish. And the congressman, they got shot not too long ago. He was shot, wasn't he? Mhm. Yeah. And almost mm-hmm. died. Playing softball, practicing softball. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. from my point of view, is that uh. And then all of the guns that were put in our community, we don't never know where they come from, but they in there. Well, we know how enough them help them get in there, but that's how they got there. So sometimes we be seeing things that, uh, you know, they were all so hard about the community doing this to this. And I keep hearing people saying, like, he was going to go to this black concert first, then he changed his mind and went where he went. Are they trying to send somebody to do something to a concert like that now? And you keep hearing them talking and talking and talking? That's what I'm hearing. Well, if you want to have mass casualties, yeah. And so I keep hearing, I'm asking these performers, are you afraid to have an outdoor uh, event because of this? The one guy said, no, he don't fear. People that fear of things like that. He said, because if it's time for me to go, I'm going. Yeah. So they would have learned to have seen it happen that way, I guess. I mean, don't forget the, the, the nightclub shooting down in Orlando. Yeah. Remember that? 
Yeah. Just having people going off. They just fed up. Some of them dying from disease and stuff. And they just won't take the people along with them. Oh, they don't have nothing to live for no more. So why not take a group of people with you? Okay, Maze. I, I I mean I I see what what you what your point on this one on the but, 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 point, but because why I say hmm. that, Mister Back in the day when they were hanging people at the church, they did a whole lot of them. They didn't just hang one or two. They just hung a whole lot of people just because they were evil. Just because they were evil. Yes. Okay. Okay. They weren't doing nothing wrong just because they were just here, and they were sick. Who were evil? The one that was hanging the people. Yeah. Huh? Uh, killing people for no reason. Okay. I mean, so so we today's world has graduated to where they where they I can't say they don't hang because they still did it in Mississippi here recently. Um, Yes, I know. Where we have better weapons. We have better weapons now. Well, they was right, like, so you don't have to do that. You just take out, mm-hmm. you know, just put it on automatic and take out a whole bunch at one time. Same, yeah. same principle, right? Yes, right. Same thing. Now, now, let's, so, yeah. yeah, but let's let's look at it like this. Let's look at it like this. You know, as I said Monday, we right now, only thing we basically do is, is shoot ideas and theories out there as to what is this about, how the, what happened you know, how it happened, so forth and so on. Because right now, the, the, the information that we're getting, we already know it's flawed. We know this. But until uh, we can work our way around that type of information to get to the truth, when we really find out what's going on, then we'll find out. We do know that, that something's just not right with this situation. We know this. I mean, but, you know, there's there some... There's some some um uh, um things that are true that you know we have debunked already, but there's others that we we still need to do a little bit more more um uh, um research and you know looking for and we'll figure it out we'll figure it out. But hey, we will stay on top of it. We we'll, we will stay on top of it. Um, right now we got 17 minutes and 57 seconds left. In live air time, and I think we will go into overtime a little bit uh, just to continue with some of this conversation. So, if you're not on the switchboard, you need to get there 347 838 8622. Because once we um, go out of live air time, uh, if you're just in the chat room, you, you will not be able to hear. All right. Okay, so with that being said, we're going to bring. Black Phoenix in one more time before we move on to the next topic. All right, go ahead, Black Phoenix. Oh, I don't want to, I really don't want to belabor the topic. So if you got something else you want to move on to, I did want to add something to what May said, but it can wait. Go ahead. No, go Um, ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to say in regard to what Mays was saying is that Mm -hmm. her analysis of that whole scenario is very true. With that being said, what we can gather from the evidence that we're being given is the fact that these things are definitely the design of a Manchurian candidate. For those of you who are up on it and have seen that movie, not the original. The original is 
actually better than the remake. However, the remake is more realistic for most people. Um, so this is the work of nefarious characters who are perpetuating the whole, you know, MK Ultra. I know a lot of people hear that word, and the mm-hmm. most obvious part of MK Ultra is MK, which is mind control. Control, right? That's what that means. Mm-hmm. But they spell the control with a K instead of a C. That goes back to Kemet, which is the reason why you have the word chemistry, because it comes from Kemet, Kim. So chemistry comes from Kemet, which comes from Kim, which comes from Kim, K-C. You can interchange the letters. Same meaning. Mm-hmm. It's a way to disguise the truth. Right. So what we're dealing with right now in regards to everything that's going on, and this relates to what Pianchi was saying, being a staunch supporter of the Constitution and the NRA, the, the whole point in Trump being elected was to cons- consistently reorganize your political structure. It was to change it. Everybody's, he's got a nickname, 45. Now, I think Mm -hmm. that's interesting that his nickname is 45, which is after a 45 caliber gun. (laughs) And isn't this the same guy who said, I can shoot somebody down in Manhattan and I wouldn't even get arrested? Didn't he say that? Yeah. Yeah. He went on record. Let's not talk about let's not talk about all the things he went on record saying. I can grab her by the P U S S Y and it's okay. So when we look at Cam Newton, who didn't even go that far, but yet he doesn't get a pass. But when Trump was doing a campaign Women found a way, not the women on this line, but women found a way to say, oh, that's locker room talk. That's just a guy being a guy. Yeah, okay. Now you're seeing your guy being a guy. And your political structure is being redefined because now they're moving you into a whole new direction. Politically, and this goes back to what Ngone was saying when she was bringing up Germany and Mm -hmm. the rise of the Third Reich. Because Mm -hmm. if any of you have the ACH channel, American History channel, on cable, all they play is Germany. And it's really ironic Mm -hmm. because I used to watch that as a child. And don't Mm. end. Don't ask me why I was fascinated with that, because I was. I was fascinated with Germany as a black man. I was fascinated. I used to watch Mm -hmm. Germany documentaries on PBS as a seven-year-old, and I was Mm -hmm. fascinated of how this man 
got so many people behind him. And that's what we need to look at. That's what we need to look at. How that happens. How does it happen where you can have a ministry of propaganda? Because that's what they have. We have that now. We have that now. Yes, we do. That press secretary, that press secretary for Trump, she's the minister of propaganda. She is. She will Mm -hmm. not say anything against anything he does. Have you guys ever noticed that? Right. Every time he does something, she'll find a way to justify it. Now, here's here's the question that best to be asked. Why is she doing that? Hmm. Well, that's the question. Uh-oh. How is she? Why? According to William Engdahl, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mr. Talk. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Sister Gordon. According to William Engdahl. According to, yeah, to the author William Engdahl, Trump's job is to prepare America for war. And what happens in war uh, is that the uh, society is, you know, uh, is pressure to not say certain things. Now, this may be a little Mm -hmm. off, but I just jumped in my head that most of you probably are already aware of this, but did you know that um, daylight savings time used to be known as war time? Yep. The narrative is controlled. The reason why she won't say anything against it is because that's her job. (laughs) And and we have the Ministry (laughs) of Truth laws (laughs) You know, she, we have the Ministry of Truth Laws right. that's going to decide what truth is and what it isn't. So I guess we can just all cut our brains out and throw them in the waste paper basket because I guess they don't expect us to be able to be using them. No, we can't do that. <laughs> no, we can't do that. No, <laughs> that's a threat. We can't do that. Hey, look, no, that's a threat to the system. <laughs> threat to the system. All right. Next up for discussion, you know. This is interesting, and I think this goes along with what we've been talking about here. Um, the United Nations, United Nations, approved a resolution condemning using the death penalty on certain individuals. Of course, um, apostasy, blasphemy, adultery, and consensual same-sex relations. Okay. However, the United States and 13 other countries rejected the resolution. 27 countries supported it. Um, and the resolution does not call for the end of the death penalty, just simply condemn its usage in a discriminatory fashion. Uh, yeah. So basically what the United Nations was saying, look, you know, we know y'all use death penalty, y'all got all this going on, but let's think about doing something else, okay? And, and, and you know, of course, the United States and the rest are like, no, that is not going to happen at all. You know, we gonna hey, we gonna use it if we have to. And of course, you had countries like Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, you know, um, against it as well. But they're one of the main ones that, well, they voted for it. A couple of them, but they're the ones, main ones who use this type of um, punishment as as a punishment for crime. So, what are y'all thoughts about that? Is this just, uh, um, even though it wasn't anything to be. Forced or, or to say this is what's going to happen, but is this something that is in the works, future-wise? They try to tell us this is going to happen. Uh, you know, what's your comments? What, what do y'all think about that? 
you know, United States doesn't have, have any power. I mean, I'm sorry, United Nations mm-hmm. doesn't have any power to make anything happen. It's political rhetoric. I mean, after all, mm-hmm. you're talking about if your question is why why didn't the United States support it? Well, you know, the United States made a statement that it's not even a human right to have water. So what do you expect? They're big, biggest hypocrites on the planet. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Can I add something to that? We, you sure can. I, I got. I put the question out there for you. Go for it. Okay. Um, the death penalty is code word for something mm-hmm. that human beings have done from time immemorial, and it's called human sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's what the death penalty mm-hmm. means. It means mm-hmm. that you are willing to sacrifice human beings for the greater cause or the greater good. That's why we have death penalties. That's why they're not enacted in every country just for political reasons. But looking at it aggregately, that's what the death penalty Mm -hmm. is. It's a nice way of saying human sacrifice. We're willing to sacrifice a human being for the greater good of humanity if we see that it fits. And that's what we do. Would you consider and I'd that just a conspiracy? Like to add another one. Go Would ahead. you consider that a conspiracy? No, not at all. That's no. reality. Mm-mm. No. That's reality. No. Well, I think we conspiracies are reality, and I think they've been going on for thousands of years. Okay, well then yeah, let's course. break down the word conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy, yeah. C-O-N mm-hmm. plus P-R-I-A-C-Y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the pirates in D.C. Here we go. Exactly. Mm. So that's <laughs> yeah. what conspiracy is. And just to take it mm. a step further, just to take it a step further, when we declarate or proclaim that somebody is unfit to live, Basically, what we're doing is we're sacrificing their life for the cause. Hmm. This is hmm. something that we've done throughout humanity. This this transverses race, ethnicity, everything. This is a part of the human condition. It's what we do. We feed off of our young, and we don't like to admit hmm. that. As a mm. as a race of people, we don't like to admit uh-huh. that. We like to divide it up and go, well, you know, white people do this. Well, black people do this. Well, black on black crime. White on white crime. Police on black crime. But at the end of the day, it's all the same stuff. We make reasons to justify killing people. We come up with reasons, mm. and we can't say that's not true. Um, well, he killed ten people in the house. He went through a court proceeding. He was found guilty. He's sentenced to death. How does that resolve the problem? So ten people yeah. died. Yeah. He died. Right. So everybody's right. dead. How does that fit uh-huh. the next group of people getting killed? It doesn't. <laughs> That's the Mm. sacrifice. 
can't see when we get into these esoteric things, when we get into the metaphysical. And here's the one thing that I wanted to bring up just to mm-hmm. shed some light on people who are listening. When we talk about, when you hear the phrase wolf in sheep's clothing, what do you think of? What's the first thing you think of? Wolf in sheep's clothing. Anybody? Oh, you you. What's the first thing you oh, think of? Deception. Deception is the first thing you think of. Yeah. Right. Deception. Right. Now, here's what esoterically wolf in sheep's clothing means. And this is the importance of myth. This is the importance of religion, cultural advancement. Wolf in sheep's clothing esoterically is talking about the fact that a dog has been genetically manufactured from a wolf and has assumed the position of a sheep, which is completely docile, domesticated. Mm. Mm. That's where that comes from. And it don't forget. Nothing... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just wanted to insert the fact. Let us not forget that huh. the base word for culture is cult. Right. Right. Mm. Interesting. So when you hear the so phrase now, "wolf in sheep's clothing," they're mm-hmm. not talking about something being disguised as a sheep. They're talking about a dog being disguised as a wolf. And because the dog is domesticated, meaning that we have them as pets, they're viewed like sheep. Because in Mm. essence, and this is how you take it full circle, what's the sheep's greatest asset? The shepherd. Who talks about the sheep and the shepherd? The Bible Mm. talks about the sheep, the shepherd, and the flock. What are sheep good for? Getting fleeced for their fur and slaughtered. That's it. Wow. <laughs> Just wanted to give y'all something to wow. think about. Yeah, that's a whole lot to think about. <laughs> P. Ross, you got something for me? Yeah, that, that, that was pretty good. But, you know, we already know we had this, we had this conversation, um, uh, you and I, Eric, uh, not too long ago, um, you know, when we're talking about the different churches and how they're being exposed, how the functions are, are being, you know, um, um, exposed for the things that, they, that they're not doing according to what the Christian belief is supposed to be. And how mm-hmm. we've been saying that, and, and you use the statement, sheeple, kind of the people regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, because I told you, I said, my leader tells me, follow me as long as I follow Christ. When I stop following Christ, you stop following me. In other words, when my integrity doesn't line up with, with what I'm saying and how I'm living, then you stop following me. But there are people who justify, just like, you know, this lady Trump has, who justify what they say and make it seem like what they're saying is correct. And they still blindly mm-hmm. follow them regardless of whatever, you know, whatever they, whatever they do. You know, so, so th- that ties into to what he was saying as, as well. 
you know, and 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 then we have we have to wonder, you know, how much of that, you know, in the formalized churches, formalized institutions of, of worship or what have you, is mind control. You know, do you have a freedom? Do you really have the freedom to make a choice? No, because they're all, that's all that's of them are five hundred one c three, five hundred one c three. They made a deal with the state. Yeah. yeah, and you remember what that deal was called in Gone? They called no. that the um, the they called that the uh, 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 the Religious Initiative Act or something, or what was that they called during the Clinton administration? Was uh, where they uh, formally brought the church in to politics. The, oh, the, the it was that, that was religious no that was a faith yes faith based that's what it yes. was when yes. they did mm. that okay uh-huh. because it was always cloaked it was always cloaked before that the church and state have always worked together mm-hmm. we just didn't know mm. the layman didn't know because mm. in America right. they told you specifically there's a separation of church and state no mm-hmm. there's not mm-hmm. then when during the Clinton administration just like my sister just said, when they brought in the faith-based initiative, that aligned the churches with politics. Yep. And and the and thing that, about that, and the thing about that is, was that they would offer social programs and they yes. would offer you money. But yes. in that, and and I know this because our, our our ministry was looking into some of those grants. But when we read the fine print, the way that they tie you in with them, well, you can't do this, you can't do that. There are yeah. so many stipulations that you have to adhere to when you yeah. accept those funds. That's right. And, and you're right. There's no separation if you accept that. And working outside those boundaries is difficult. They make it very difficult for you when you don't accept the rhetoric or the stipulations that they give you. And even, and that brings even, us back. And that brings us back. Not to interrupt you, sister, but that yeah. brings us back to the whole Cam Newton thing. Exactly. Because what a lot of people don't understand, and I didn't understand it when I signed my. First professional sports contract. I was so happy to get it. I didn't have to pay for anything anymore. I got everything for free. But then, after a couple of months, when I was like, something told me, read the contract. When I read the contract, it told me I could only wear certain things, I could only do certain things when the lights and the cameras were on, when I'm in certain events, I can only have this, that, this, and that. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Are you serious? And then everybody's like, oh, man, you guys are just high-priced slaves. But it's a different world in that regard, but it operates the same way. When you don't read that print that's in the back, Mm -hmm. at the bottom, in the dark, what is that? Um, uh, Flip Wilson used to say, Flip Wilson used to say, in the booth, in the back, in the corner, in the dark. Yep, yep. (laughs) That's what Flip Wilson used to say. What he was talking about was 
he was talking about contracts. Yeah. Because when they when they give you them contracts, trust me, the champagne is flowing. You're getting your drink on. You're in the back, in the booth, in the corner, in the dark. There's a couple of females. Maybe might not be none, depending on what you like. You know, we got to be politically correct for everybody that's out there. Depending on what you like, that's going to be back there. And then we just need you to sign on this dotted line. And that's why they say sign on the dotted line. Because your signature, this is what a lot of us don't understand. Your signature, and Ngone can attest to this, your signature is currency. It's not your credit. It's not anything. It's your signature. Your Bible talks about this. And I wanted to segue to this, and I'll keep it short. Your Bible is the blueprint. That's why it's the greatest book in the world. It defines everything. It defines law. It defines morality. It defines immorality. It defines ethics. It defines everything that's unethical and you have to decide as an individual which direction you're going to go. Mm-hmm. It can't decide for you. All those That's things you just right. named seem to be missing in the world. And isn't it interesting that the model you just described on how the church was silenced was the same model that was used by the World Bank and the IMF to yep. control nation states, yep. which, mm-hmm. by the way, they created the concept from the Royal Institute, I think it was the British Royal Institute came up with the concept of the nation state. And did you know that it was Goldman Sachs, an employee, a brother, coined the acronym BRICS, Goldman yeah. Sachs? I invested money in those fuckers, and they tanked on it. That's because they had their grandsons and granddaughters in charge. Remember when Barack got elected? And the whole banking industry went down. Guess yeah. who I had my money in? I had my go- I had my money in Goldman Sachs and Lehman Brothers. Guess who were yep. the first to bail out? <laughs> Goldman Sachs and Lehman. I was like, wait a minute, this is old money. And then I realized uh, the grandkids are in charge. And they're the buying, reality they're is, there a is no money. Huh? The reality is there is no money. That's the truth. Exactly. There is no money. Exactly. <laughs> it's a myth and illusion. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, a big illusion. A big illusion. You know, I, I was listening. To, I mean, you know, I was listening to what y'all were saying. And you know, and when you start talking about church and, and state, you know, and things of that nature, you know what's so interesting about that? If you go all the way back to you know, uh, I guess you say the early days of the, the world. You know, the church has always been part of the government. If you really want to look at it, absolutely. Uh, you start looking at the Catholic Church, the Tudors, and all those guys back then. The church was the government. <laughs> you know, well, the, church right. is, the church is why you have government. They are the originators of government. Because if you if you really go back into ancient history, like the symbol of the American Medical Association, yes. the Caduceus, okay, which is the serpents intertwined. A lot of people get this confused esoterically. The serpents represented and 
we're given this example in the Bible where the serpent represented wisdom. But the right. serpent was reduced to crawling on its belly. Right. Now, before that, the serpent was in the uh, form of, just to give us a perspective, crocodiles, of lizards, of things of that nature. Have you ever looked at the mm-hmm. eyes of a cat and looked at the eyes of a serpent? Have you noticed that they're both exactly the same? Right. Visica Pisces. So one was grafted from the other. So genetic manipulation has been going on for thousands years. of years. It's not new. All this stuff that they're showing us with cloning and all this stuff, like I gave you guys the example of a dog and a wolf, uh-huh. they've been doing that, man. They 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 were doing that in Egypt. They were doing it in Kibben. They were doing it in Dogon. They were doing it as far back as you can go. Genetic manipulation is not new. And what we're being faced with is we're having these DNA explosions individually where we're recognizing all this information, but we don't know how to categorize it. We're seeing all this stuff come forward, and we're having memory of it, but we don't know where to place it in our memory. We don't know, like, how to say, all right, how did this happen? How did that happen? But we see the connection. We see it there. You can't deny it. And one of the reasons why the entertainment industry is so popular, that's the Dionysus cult. And this goes back to what Ngoni was saying. You can trace all these things that we see today back to specific cults. The entertainment industry is Dionysus. Look up Dionysus and what that mythical god stood for. Okay? When you hear the term Mazda, a car, Right? Remember the Mazda car? How many people know mm-hmm. that Mazda goes back to Ahura Mazda, which was an ancient god? Mm-hmm. All these things are prevalent in our country. And to all the um, um, comedic uh, Hebrew Israelites out there listening, man, come on. Egypt hasn't been left behind. It's alive today. The Pharaonic culture is alive today. And Rome didn't fall either. No. Mr. Charles, may I say something? Because I've been listening for an hour and a half. And can I ask this gentleman, who who are you? And do you have your own show? No, I'm I'm in 2K. You know who I am, Miss Lady. Oh, this is M2K. Yeah. Oh, your voice. Oh, your voice sounds different. I'm sorry, I didn't haven't heard it for a long time, so I didn't recognize. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've talked oh. on there. Oh, oh you doing? Yeah. Oh, well, hello. <laughs> How are you? I am 2K. I'm fine. Good. Uh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh huh. So, okay. So that's pretty much it. I just wanted to know who. 
who was talking and if they have their own show. <laughs> because I found a lot of what oh, you say quite interesting. Uh-huh. Mm. Hi, well, I mean, that gives you something to go and research. Hi. And that, hi, that gives you something to go and research now. <laughs> it's T. Ross. Yeah. Say hello, T. Ross. Yeah, hello. Hello, Sister T. Ross. Hello. <laughs> Hope everybody's having a good day. We are. Oh, oh okay. Okay. And, Goni, could you explain when you say there is no money, do you mean that they're just printing paper and has really no value? Is that what you're saying? No, I, I literally mean that the the idea of money is a construct, just like time and space is, and it's something that we have uh, actualized in our lives and become enslaved by. Uh, so, yes, they are printing paper, but I'm talking about the concept or the construct. of it. Money is just a construct. It, you know, it's just – and specifically for the United States and all the rest of the world, because as far as I'm – as far as I'm understanding, that all the nation states are using what we call fiat money, so they don't have any money either. Mm-hmm. They're all bankrupt. But the, But money was always – uh-huh. Huh? Go ahead. But 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 I meant it in a deeper sense that the concept of money is is an illusion. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It, it doesn't exist in nature. No, absolutely not. No, yeah, it's something. What do you, can I ask you? What do you think about all of these earthquakes? And I think it's a lot of geoengineering. Now Costa Rica has been hit, and now uh, New Orleans is supposed to get hit again. Well, I think that. Some of it is geoengineering, definitely, beyond a shadow of a doubt. I'm convinced that they moved Irma uh, because there's an Air Force base here in uh, Tampa, and they moved that, that, in my view. I can't prove it, of course. But it sounds rational and reasonable to me that they wouldn't spend billions of dollars developing technologies that they have patents and treaties about if they didn't exist, and, and if they didn't exist, why wouldn't they use them if they spent all this time developing the technology? Uh, you know, mm. it's been in the public, the public domain for, I know of, for a fact, 17 years, because I remember I had web TV before I ever had a computer. <laughs> there was a document mm. online, and it's still out there, called Owning the Weather by 2025, and it was written by Air Force personnel. They can cause mudslides. They can't create a hurricane, but they can feed energy into it and direct it. They can lift up the ionosphere, not the ionosphere, the upper atmosphere. They can heat it up, and then they can drop it down and cause earthquakes. All of that's in the document. (laughs) And it's old. Well, I think this is going to be the way. There's going to be a lot of this happening. It's just bad. You know, um, California sued for an earthquake like years ago, a big one, so. Who knows? Um, but, um, well, we just have to remember who we are, and we're we're more powerful than they are once we remember who we are. Mm. Yeah. And Sister Ngone, just to um, tailwind what you were talking about, I think it's imperative that as ordinary people we understand oh. how things are dictated to us, how we don't go out and find out this information for ourselves, which we have complete access to now. 
So there's no excuse for waiting for information to come to you. You can go get it. Well, Whether you want to do that or not is up to you as an individual. Well, it's okay. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. Let, let me... Um, Jump in here real quick. Oh, him you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I understand. Sorry. No, you're good. I understand you said, uh, you know, there's it's available to us, but let's not forget that there's a piece of the Internet that we can't get into still. You know, no, I mean, you can. it's there. You can. <laughs> you want to what? And, you want to deep dive? Did, Is that what you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, we really, did. I don't think we like what we found. You really want to do that. <laughs> Because I can, yeah, I can I give you the link to, I can, I can give you the link to deep diving. You just have to worry about corrupting your system. <clears throat> so you can only deep dive if you're if you're an encryptor, and you can bypass all the protocols. Because you don't really want to do that. That's not, that's not information you don't know or you don't have access to. You have access to it. Don't believe the hype. Like, you know, um uh who was the ones that said that in the rap song? What? Don't believe the hype. Public enemy. Don't believe the hype. You can <laughs> deep dive. You can deep dive and you can do all of the protocol information that is out there mm. that you have access to. But Man, who has the time to do that? Unless you're a programmer <laughs> or a hacker, you know. And hacker is not even—that's uh, <laughs> not even a legitimate title anymore. Because you guys notice how they hack nat- networks now. They don't hack—they mm. don't mm-hmm. hack accounts. They hack networks. What is that? Mm. What was the last uh, hacking? Thing we have Equifax. with Equifax, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go into the whole database because it's encrypted, and at the same time, it's less identifiable, and you don't have to get the most popular customers to hack into their accounts. You hack into mm-hmm. delinquent accounts. Because those are the accounts that people don't chat because they know their credit is jacked. Well, you don't so know for sure now in uh, 2K because Wells Fargo, you remember how many accounts they created that weren't even real. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You don't yeah. even know what. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they did some real fellatio. Yeah. yeah, that was scandalous. All right. And they did that on purpose. Really chewing out that and she told him to be fired. I mean, she grilled him and didn't let him. He, you know, tried to gloss over and not answer her questions. But she, it's it's really interesting. Who are you talking about, Miss Lady? Elizabeth Warren. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go on. Go on. I'm listening. No, oh, no, she I, talked I, about, you know, about the, the Wells Fargo and opening up those accounts without their customers' knowledge, multiple accounts, yeah. and yeah. and how um, they, I didn't know they were selling car insurance. And, yeah, well, um, the, hacking, mm. the hacking is global now. 
It's not. It's not. And what they're trying to get us to understand is that certain accounts are being hacked, meaning if you're a part of Google or you're a part of Wells Fargo or you're a part of Bank America or if you're a part of AOL or if you're a part of any of these servers that your information is being hacked. No, the entire network is being hacked. Yes. So that about if that. your stuff is stolen, they're not going to be able to identify it. They can't because the network is too large. I was just getting ready to say that. I heard a discussion where they were yeah. saying that the Equifax uh, hack was so big that it had to be an organization that will yeah. later sell that information. Mm-hmm. And it's not right. an individual hacker right. sitting someplace behind those. Right, computer. right, right. right. And that's why, and that's they why when they hacked Equifax, that's political rhetoric yeah, because that's... Putin put uh, the international bankers out of his country. That's what that's all about. Yeah, you know, political propaganda. All right, y'all, um, let's move on. I think we done beat that enough right now. Uh, P. Ross, what you got next for us? We got about 10 minutes left, so what you got for me? Um, yeah. I was looking for the because we had we we had this um article about gerrymandering. You know, that's when you draw the boundaries of the voting line so that you get you know the specific number of votes that that your desired number of votes that you need to have. And the Supreme Court was talking about that, and they was looking at it. Um. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's one of the cases they got going on. Right. With the redistricting. Yeah. With the redistricting. Yeah. And this particular case is about, is in Wisconsin. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yes. You got it there in front of you. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, but basically the only thing, you know, it's something that we've talked about before and, and, it usually happens after one party wins, you know, a, a, a election. The other party decides, well, we may need to redistrict or restructure the district so we have more votes over here instead of, and they have less votes over there. And it's basically the Supreme Court is going to decide this case in uh, Wisconsin, as I said, uh, about gerrymandering or redistricting. You know, um, is it fair for them to manip- manipulate the boundaries, you know, of electoral consistency, as they say? Um, you know, to make it favor one class of people or one class of voters than the other. And, uh, Mr. Talk, and, are you speaking but, about yeah. federal but, elections? But the bottom line, the bottom line is, I'm, I'm sorry, Sister Angola. Um, the, the 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 bottom line is that we have to realize our whole Stone County anyway. I and, was, and you took the word out of my mouth. And when and when and well, when we tell and when we tell people that, they don't believe it. You know, they got the popular vote, then they have the electoral college. Before the election even happens, the electoral college has already decided who the president is going to be. That's why I was going to ask Mr. Talk if he meant to say when they make their next election, not when they win an election. Well, well, see, I, I mean, I know the part about the federal, but locally this has this can have a big impact as well at who gets elected, you know, locally and on the state level. Which, I got news for you, Mr. You know, Talk. 
the local civil government mm-hmm. is gone, and it's been replaced by Agenda 21 with NGOs and COG, Council of Governors, okay? Vote all you want to. Council of Governors. Explain to them in Gone what NGOs are. Non-governmental organizations that are getting paid, and these elected officials on the local level go to meetings that they're not supposed to be going to, and they have their uh, agenda set. They make a consensus, then they go back to their local areas, and they implement what has been decided in these private meetings that they're not supposed to be. They're called COG, Council of Governance. Mm-hmm. That's what's and going on. NGOs, so the old, NGOs the old, are the most powerful organizations on any plot of land. They have pervaded the civil space. That's gone. So if you think mm. that the thing, you know, voting and being uh, involved, I'm not saying we shouldn't be involved in local politics because we need to know what's going on. But if you notice around any city, they'll have these signs around. I know they do around in my area, and I've seen them in Indiana when I recently traveled there, uh, where they have the local meetings, and then you're supposed to public, you know, announce for the public. But see, they have something they call the Delphi technique, where the, the meeting is already decided. They just want the appearance that the people have a voice. I'm telling you, if you want to see it in action, just go to uh, Grindall61 channel on YouTube, and you can see it for yourself. It's very, very pervasive all over this country. And it's a, and it's a global system. It's Agenda 21 being implemented from the ground up. And just so okay. your audience I'm knows, Mr. Thought, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, just so that your audience knows, NGOs, non-governmental organizations, those are the most powerful organizations on the planet. That's the Ford Foundation. That's the Rand Corporation. That's the Rockefeller Foundation. When you hear the word foundation, don't forget the you Carnegie. hear the word um, organization, and it's a three-letter word or a three-alphabet word, that's an NGO. And that's one of, that supersedes government. That's more powerful than government. And a lot of people don't understand this. So when you talk about the Rockefeller Foundation came up with a study, the Rand Corporation came up with a study, the Ford Corporation came up with a study. And for all our black listeners that are listening, when you hear the name Spelman College, do you know that Spelman is the maiden name of John D. Rockefeller's wife because they donated money to the institution and changed the name to Spelman? Come on. We got to get up on this knowledge, man. We got to hmm. get up on it. Wow. We got to get up on it. That's you can look that up for yourself. <laughs> no. Yeah. And when we and when we get up on it, then we'll understand what's mm-hmm. going on. When Spelman College, look up the name Spelman. S P E L M A N, not two L's. And you'll see that's John D. Mm-hmm. Rockefeller's wife's maiden name. When they bought into the college That's Your okay. prized Black college That's named after a white mm. woman 
mm. figure it out. Okay. It, uh, all right. Thank you, A2K. We're going to have to leave it right there. Um, yeah, we're getting kind of late here, and y'all know what I do. Um, but, uh, hey, great information, y'all. As we say, don't li- don't believe what we say. Um, check it out for yourself. A2K, I mean, uh, Black Phoenix has told you. It's out there for you. You just got to go and look it up. Um, later on this weekend, I have those things on the website, so you can go there and check it out if you want to. If, you know, you just don't feel like doing it, I'll do it for you. I'll put it on the web page, and you can check it out you know, and, and learn some things, all right? So as we always do before we get up out of here, we're going to let everybody get their last words in, and uh, we're going to start with Miss Lady. All right, Miss Lady, any last words? Oh, oh, wait a minute. It didn't go. Come on, come on. Okay, stop. I guess I don't want Miss Lady to talk. Okay, Miss Lady, your last words? Oh, oh, just have a good weekend, everyone. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> you have a good weekend as well. All right, uh, Sister Goni. Show as all, stimulating show as always. Enjoyed you. Thanks for having me. Y'all, it was nice talking to everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. And thank you for stopping by, as usual. All right, Black Phoenix, you the last one before we get up out the dough. Um, man, just everybody, get up on the game, man. Do your homework. This is not some creative extra genius stuff just do the work you'll find the answers and you'll figure out what's going on that's all you gotta do and I'm out alrighty thank you sir and once again thank you for all that information oh man what a great show P. Ross where you at talk to me Hey, yeah, it, it it was a great show. A lot of a lot of knowledge coming out, and and I would, and I would just say, you know, um, uh, what's his name, Black Phoenix or whatever, what he said, you know. Okay, I didn't do that, y'all. That was a ghost, man. Because I didn't do that. Go ahead. Really, really. Hey, I really, hey, I really didn't do that. <laughs> but go ahead. Control your spirits and your equipment. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> Look, it, it surprised me as much as it surprised you. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> you, know, you know, like you said, get up in the morning, do the research yourself, study for yourself. The Bible says, studies to show thyself approved. You know, and, and it also says in Ephesians, you know, let no words of any man, you know, deceive you. See, don't don't walk under the spirit of deception. You know, test the spirit by the spirit to see if if it is of God. And God just means is it is it is it of truth? Is it of truth? You know, is it of truth? You know, because like we said at, with this, this with this whole Las Vegas shooting, you know, there are a lot of questions that remain to be answered. Is it just a way to 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 instill fear and panic in the people? So that you can come in and usurp all of our rights, those that, that you allow us to use right now anyway, that we don't get killed over and say we don't have. Um, or is it just a, a, a way to gain further control into 
our already limited personal life. Because let's face it, you know, Big Brother is always watching. If you're on the Internet, if you're on your cell phones, you walk in these stores, you know, they're always watching. So there really is no privacy. See, so why voluntarily give them more than what they deserve? Think about it. Say goodbye to your better thing. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm about to go in the concert on you. All right. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Well, y'all know, I think everything has been said that can be said. Um, I don't have much. Y'all know me. I got another clip for you at the, the end of the show that's going to make you just think just a little bit harder. And, and it, it deals with some things that's going on right now. Um. Man, the show covered a lot of information. It really did. I mean, we went from the the Las Vegas shooting, uh, gerrymandering, uh, government. That's what we do here. That's what we do. And it, 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 believe it or not, we can. It can all be tied back into one single bundle, and it, 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 everything will fit like a puzzle. Believe it or not. But you find out for yourself. Go on there and do some homework. Um, like I said before, we have some information on the website uh, by Sunday, okay, by Sunday. And, um, of course, we have information on the show Monday for Monday as well. But we're going to say thank you all for joining us. It's been a pleasure as always. Just remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart, but make sure you forgive yourself first. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at yourself, man, because you can laugh at yourself, everything else is just groovy. So Monday, 2 p.m. Central, 3 Eastern. And, yes, I know it's a holiday, so you have no reasons for not being here. <laughs> anyway, um, it's been fun for me and P. Ross, man. Y'all have a good one. And we're going to take you out of here with a, a eight-minute clip and say, what is the right time for black people to protest? Y'all have a great weekend, man. I'll see y'all Monday. Donald Trump's beef with the NFL has left a lot of people with a lot of questions. But the question that has come up for me once again is, when is the right time for black people to protest? Everyone has a different answer. Uh, for, uh, <laughs> but if you want to know when black people should protest, you've got to go right to the source. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. I think what the president is saying is that the owner should have a rule that players should have to stand in respect for the national anthem. This isn't about Democrats. It's not about Republicans. It's not about race. It's not about free speech. They can do free speech on their own time. Is it not about their First Amendment rights? No, it's not. They, they have the right to have their First Amendment off the field. It's, uh, but okay, fine. I hear what Mnuchin is saying. He's not against the players protesting. He just doesn't like it when they do it on the field. You know, when everyone's watching. Yeah, do it somewhere else. And you know what? So uh, the, the Trump administration is okay with protesting, right? They're okay. As long as uh, it's on your own time. Unless you're ESPN commentator Jamel Hill, criticizing the president on your private Twitter feed, then that's a fireable offense too, right? Uh, here's another example over the weekend. Stevie Wonder took a knee on his own time, in his own show. And even then, even then, a former Republican congressman tweeted, Stevie Wonder takes a knee for the anthem during a concert. Another ungrateful black multimillionaire. Ungrateful to whom? I, I, I'm fascinated by that concept. People always say, ungrateful to whom? This idea that black people should be grateful is some sneaky ass racism. 
Yeah, because when a white billionaire spends a year screaming that America is a disaster, he's in touch with the country. But when a black man kneels quietly, he should be grateful for the successes America has allowed him to have? Yeah, it, it, it almost feels like white people earn the money, but black people are given it. They play a game for a living. They make millions of dollars. They're ungrateful millennial millionaires who won't stand for their own anthem. I wish some of these players who get on one knee during the national anthem would get on both knees and thank God they live in the United States of America. Where they're not only free to earn millions of dollars every year, but they're also free from the worry of being shot in the head for taking a knee like they would be if they were in North Korea. Okay, wait, wait. You, you think black Americans are free from the worry of being shot by agents of the state? That's the whole thing that they're protesting in the first place. So again, when is the right time to protest? Well, according to Trump's press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, it's not the when that's a problem, it's the how that black people are getting wrong. I think if this is, the debate is really for them about police brutality, they should probably protest the officers on the field that are protecting them instead of the American flag. Oh, I see. Oh, don't protest the flag. Protest the police officers that are on the field. So if you do that, then no one will complain. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I was kind of pointing out the hypocrisy. Oh, wait, you were just being sarcastic. Well, that's a great use of the White House. Nicely done, nicely done. Yeah, but you see, you still haven't told us the right way for black people to protest. Uh, I mean, we know it's wrong to do it in the streets, it's wrong to do it in the tweets. You cannot do it on the field. You cannot do it if you've kneeled. And don't do it if you're rich, you ungrateful son of a bitch. Because there's one thing that's a fact. You cannot protest if you're black. You mentioned the president. I'm not that the day after the president was inaugurated via his favorite form of communication, Twitter, he tweeted his resolute regard and support of peaceful protests, of which this is as peaceful as it gets. What I will engage on is what is actually happening. Because I can't walk past a television screen, news or sports, without seeing this on the bottom line. NFL players protest anthem. It is amazing to get a fact error in a four-word headline. When people march, they are not protesting traffic. The players have been uniform that they are using the anthem as a vehicle to protest inequality, police brutality, and racial injustice. And this story by the president and others, many well before the president ever chimed in, has been hijacked to making it about the anthem. When in reality, the anthem was always just the vehicle. And I just, I, I want to remind people how this went. Colin Kaepernick was sitting. He wasn't kneeling, he was sitting. Why did he start to kneel? Because he got with a Navy SEAL, Nate Boyer, talked with Nate Boyer. Mm -hmm. Nate Boyer, who sacrificed as much as anyone can for this country without giving their life or limb, talked with him. Nate Boyer says he respects Cap and says, hey, it would sit better with us if you would kneel. Cap said, no problem. I can still get my point across. Every time Cap was asked about this, and any player I've heard asked about this, I have not heard one soundbite of a player being anti-military. 
of a player being, of a player outwardly attacking the fundamentals of what this country is supposed to be. This is a protest about whether or not the country has fulfilled its promise of equal protection under the law to all of its citizenry. And that conversation is one no one wants to have. That conversation is uncomfortable for people. So people literally drape themselves in the flag as a defense of it, forgetting the fact that if we really want to get down to it, if you actually read the U.S. flag code, holding a flag horizontally, laying down, is listed as disrespect. Not sitting, not standing for the anthem is not. Wearing any type of flag clothing is listed as disrespect. Not standing for the anthem is not. But we, we have perverted the discussion into an easy one to get to one of America's favorite old hobby horses, which is why aren't those black folks more grateful for what they got? And that's what we saw Friday night, and that's what the NFL responded to, and I agree with you, Chris. I was surprised how strong the owners came out, some with somewhat weak messages, but a lot of these owners gave the president a million dollars or more. Yes. And they came out and said, you can't curse our players. And then as an aside, be like, and you know what? The other thing is wrong with football. Not The NFL did a good job. I just wish people remembered what this was about. People that are angry about the protests, I just ask you one question, and I beg of you to ask yourself this question and have an honest moment of reflection. Are you angry about the protests because you think it's disrespecting the flag, or are you angry about what is being protested? Because if Colin Kaepernick, who started this whole thing, when he was asked, why are you not standing for the anthem? He had said, I'll be honest with you, I think no one protects that flag more than our soldiers. And I do not think our soldiers are treated fairly when they come back to this country. They do not have adequate health care. They do not have adequate benefits. They do not have adequate job opportunities. And until they get that, I'm not standing for the anthem. Would you still be mad? Because you'd be disrespecting the flag just the same way. Or are you mad because deep down you kind of feel like black people got it good enough? Listen, we stopped lynching y'all 90 years ago. We gave y'all the actual right to vote 50 years ago. These days you almost have equal foot in getting into college with us. Chill. And you, you get to make millions of dollars playing a game as if that wasn't a skill honed and crafted and worked on blood sweat and tears so what are you actually ma- Bye -bye. <laughs> judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. 
the professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh. 